Take your enjoyment of Smodco Podcast to the next level by checking out a live Smodco show. Hollywood Babylon at the Hollywood Improv on March 18th. HBO at the Improv in Hollywood on Friday, March 25th. Kev brings his one-man show to the Ringling College of Art and Design in Sarasota, Florida on March 26th. Celebrate April Fool's Day with HBO at the Hollywood Improv. Iowa City gets an evening with Kevin Smith on April 9th. Kev inflates the Helium Comedy Club with two shows on April 10th and again on the 11th in St. Louis. Get old with Jay and Bob Thursday, April 14th at the Irvine Improv. April 15th means two things. Your taxes are due and you need to catch Babylon at the Hollywood Improv. Mike and Ming are at PopCon April 15th and 16th in Evansville, Indiana. Monday, April 18th, Charlotte, North Carolina gets Kevin for two shows. April 19th, Kev performs twice in Richmond, Virginia. An evening with Kevin Smith in Atlanta on April 20th. Austin, get ready for Kevin Smith's solo at the Moon Tower Comedy and Oddity Fest, April 22nd. April 22nd through 24th, Muse hits Motor City Nightmares. Jay and Silent Bob get old in Austin on April 23rd. Jersey reunites with Kev in Atlantic City on April 30th. Tickets to these and all Smodco shows are available now at Smodcast.com. Believe it or not, Last Week on Earth is back, everybody. And it is starting right now Donald Trump I mean can you believe it Donald Trump North Korea launches more nuclear tests The Bachelor had a thing again or whatever Seriously though Donald Trump Indiana Jones news I may mention Trump Wounded Warriors spends 250 grand on candy The best way to make pole dancing classy And if there's time Donald Trump all this and more during the Last Week on Earth with Ben Glebe. Whoops. And will not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic, girly man. And you'll never have to pour or measure detergent again. Can we all get along? Kara, horror death. Film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week. Quite a long time, almost exactly eight months, to be almost exact. I am sorry for such a long absence. I truly am. I wish I could have been doing the podcast all along, um, but I said the podcast would be back, and now it is. So that's something. That is something to consider as you try to hopefully tamp down your anger. You, you know, the country's angry right now, and I don't want that being thrust upon me unnecessarily. I missed you all. Hopefully you are not unsubscribed to the podcast. I know you're not. The numbers still look pretty good. But um, God bless you guys for still being there. Um, uh, we are brought to you this week by the slow yet very fast passage of time. 
I've never understood how it seems both slow and fast at the exact same time. I don't have the answers to that. It's just a sponsor. Also brought to you by this incredibly hot heat dish heater that is burning burning my skin alive here as I record this podcast in my house. And um, I can't decide if I want to turn it off on account of it, it burning my skin alive. But then also at the same time, it is cold where I am. And if I don't turn it off, then if I do turn it off, rather, I will be cold. So I'm torn between those two lovers, as you can surely understand. You've been there, heat dish burning your skin off, yet you like the pain. You know, kind of like a Rihanna song. And interesting, considering her history, that she blatantly sings songs about liking pain. It's weird. There's a lot of things in the world that don't make sense. And that's a long slogan for the heat dish sponsor. I'll be very clear about that with you. Uh, since we last spoke in my personal life, a lot has gone on to explain my absence. I finished a very intense on the road constantly world tour i shot season three of idiot test which debuts april 12th on a new time slot tuesdays at 10 um i've been developing a political show for gsn that a, a political special i'll tell you more about later in the podcast um that's shooting soon a lot has happened in my personal life came out the other end somehow i am single yet again so that's how that is uh, it can be fun, though. You know, I've made a little bit of time for single shenanigans. Um, I bought a house, as I told you guys, on one of my last podcasts. But during this absence, I went through the appropriate buying a house nightmares that are very, very real. You've heard about them. Maybe you've experienced them yourself. They are nuts. It is it is, it is intense. Uh, shyst, shystery contractor who tried to ruin my life, things like that. You know, great things, fun things. Um I started doing some reports during this political season for ABC News, uh, which they have a new digital news streaming initiative, which has been really exciting to be able to be, be a part of. I shot my first dramatic role ever as an actor in a short film by former podcast guest Robert Heyman called Channel. It takes place 100 years in the future. It's pretty awesome and intense and cool and all that. Um, so that's nice, you know, um, that's being edited as we speak. Um I shot a role in a movie called Bad People that is being shopped around right now and entered in festivals. Pretty funny movie. Um, I uh, Apparently Kanye West released the greatest album of all time that I still have not heard because it is on a thing called Tidal and I do not know what that is. So that's been tough to not to be deprived of such genius, some such self-proclaimed genius. Um, I've been developing a lot of new stand-up material um, for my upcoming tour on the road. I have a stand-up announcement coming later in the podcast. I, I take that back. Uh, uh, this is a tease of another tease of announcement I can't get announced, but a big stand-up announcement coming later um, soon, if you'd say stay tuned to future episodes. Um, I've been traveling all over the world, yet somehow I've still been sedentary. I barely move. I've gained a little weight, and by little I mean a fair amount, like a lot, sort of. Um, I've been eating with abandon. I just started using a fitness tracker just yesterday. Uh, I wouldn't spend money on that because that would be a waste because I'm not in fitness shape, the shape of fitness, if it has a shape. if it's, The shape of it is a lot skinnier than I am. The shape of fitness is a lot skinnier than my current shape. I'll tell you that much. Um, but it was given to me, and so I started using it, and it's really cool. It tracks... Uh, how long you exercise for, how many calories you eat each day, how many calories you burn, how many steps you take, how many 
workouts you do, and it tracks your sleep patterns. And in my day and a half of using it, it has just tracked my sleep. Because again, I do not move, so those other things are not necessary. Um, before I launch into news stories, however, I think the decision is to turn this fucking heat dish off because it is burning. I'm, I'm sweating profusely. I'm, I'm sedentary and sweating. Actually, it's not a bad move. I was going to get a sauna. I was going to try to get like one, I think for like, for like nine or 900 bucks or a thousand bucks, you can actually get a sauna, like an infrared sauna for your house. But who has an extra 900 to a thousand dollars lying around? And this heat dish I got at Costco for like $60. It's also an infrared heat dish, from what I understand, and it's burning me. It's making me sweat. So I'm starting to think maybe this is just as good as the sun. I can just sit in front of this and burn, but not during a podcast because that's inappropriate. So I'm going to uh, reach over and turn this off because holy Lord. And okay, and that's the alarm telling it to not move. Oh, and I turned it to high by accident because I'm a dumb dumb. I'm a dumb dumb. I'm a birdie num num is the point I'm trying to make, you guys. You know it, and I know it. Do the people know it? The Bachelor! Always oh, start with the biggest story of the week. The Bachelor finale happened. The 27-year-old charming software salesman named Ben. Solid name if you get my point, guys. <laughs> Made Bachelor history. The Daily Beast reported by being the first in the franchise to confess his love to two women going into the season finale. They always make them string it out, string them both along and toy with their human emotions to the last moment. But this guy told me he was in love with both of them um, at the same time. You know how it happens in life. He took the ladies on one last one-on-one -on -one date to explore his feelings and decide who would be his wife. The lucky devil. And these dates were brutal. Ben decided it would be a good time to come clean on this last date about the fact that when he said, I love you, he didn't mean only you. It's kind of a general love he spreads around, Ben. I love you, but in that very ethereal sense, in that broad, in that broad societal sense. And of course, um, when when the one that he loved but not as much came up there for the maybe proposal, maybe I don't want to see you anymore ever moment, he let her give his whole speech about how much he loved her. I only saw the end of, of The Bachelor last episode. I don't watch the show these days. I used to watch it when I was a more romantic man back in my youth. Um, and uh, then she got friend-zoned by this dude. And um, his quote that I thought was hilarious was, I came into this not knowing if I was going to find love. I found it with you. But I found it with somebody else more. Donald Trump! I mean, holy lord. The entire time I've been gone, I failed to mention Donald Trump happened. Already was a serious non-fan of this guy. If you're a fan of this podcast, you know that. I have gone off on him many times, largely for his birtherism, trying to prove the president was not born in America, when obviously he was, and he's just racist. Donald Trump is. And I came out. I mean, look how racist indeed he is, and xenophobic, and assholian, and sexist. Um, in no particular order. Um, Donald Trump announces his candidacy for president. I'm sure we all thought, himself included, that it was just a joke. That he was just doing it on a lark for some free publicity. Maybe get some more pub for The Apprentice or whatever dumb shit he's doing. Miss his uh, contests. And then everybody loved him. 
and he couldn't get enough. He came out first day out as presidential candidate. I'm announcing my candidacy. All Mexicans pretty much are rapists and murderers. Everybody's like, we can't get enough of this. This is perfect. That's our new leader. Hell yeah. Um, then said we should ban all Muslims from entering the United States until we figure out what's going on. We got to figure out what's going on. There's something going on and we got to figure it out. And the way to figure it out is to make enemies of 1.3 billion people on this planet. One of the biggest religions on earth. We're going to say, uh, F you to all you guys. And, uh, uh, sorry, nanny boo boo. Let's see what happens. All right. Okay. It's a lot happening. We got to get to the bottom of it, people. So he alienates many groups, um, starts wars with news anchors, Megan Kelly, the, the very talented, very sharp, and I think very attractive for my, uh, own personal uh, desires person. And he, he, uh, and that's not sexist to say, by the way. I hope that all of you females listening, Watch male anchors and think that they are bam, bam, ba, damn, bam, bamble, bamble, jamble, bambles, right up your strike zone, down the alley, no spare, nothing but net. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's just our natural human desires. Doesn't make it, it's not sexist. Anyway, the point is, Trump was sexist by just simply the fact that she asked him a hard question in the, in the debate, the first, the first Republican debate, uh, after the debate, he says, she had blood coming out of everywhere, her nose, her wherever, implying she was on her period. And she then backtracked as he continued to do 50,000 times every time he said an incendiary, hateful, fucked up thing. He just said he never said it, or the press misinterpreted. He said, no, I meant like her ears. Because, you know, people often bleed from their ears. It's not even a, it's not even like a, like a meme, it's not a theme, it's not a thing that's happened. Cartoons don't even do that. But people buy it when Trump lies. They buy it. And he started speaking about violence's rallies, wanting people to be violent, wishing he could punch his protesters, wishing that people in his rallies would attack his protesters so they could leave on stretchers, and then claims he does not condone violence when they indeed get beat up at his rallies, which defies all logic. Basic English, the rules of basic English are being ignored. Every time Trump speaks, and the media does not call him on that at all, more on that later. Um, I mean, not today, but at some point, Trump's going to have to meet Paula Deen because I feel like they're two birds of a feather. You guys get it. Uh, I mean, it's just incredibly frustrating. But And then also, he wants to build a wall, a gorgeous wall. All the Republicans kind of want to build a wall, but Trump... He seduces us with the adjectives he uses for that wall. He's, I'm going to build a gorgeous wall, a beautiful wall. It's going to be an enormous, gorgeous wall. It's going to be a bedazzled wall. It's going to be jewels on it with a gorgeous door and a beautiful doorknob, okay? Okay? I'm going to come in legally, not illegally, okay? And uh, people question him. They're like, what do you know about building thousand-mile-long walls? He goes, I build hotels, okay? It's very similar. People say it's not similar at all to build a Oh, a wall, because you build hotels. I'm like, yes, it is. A wall is just a hotel on its side, okay? Is that all right? Mexico's going to pay for it. And then Mexico comes out saying, ah, uh, no, we're not going to pay for it. He's like, yeah, you will. And they're like, no, we're fucking not. And he's like, no, you will. And then he backtracked on that just the other day. The media didn't even cover it. I tried to expose it. I posted a video on my Facebook and on Twitter and on 
Instagram all about how he said basically, well, no, they won't give me a check, but I'll make a trade deal or something that makes them pay in the end. Oh, so you're already backing off your major thing. You dumb, nutty fuck bar. But let's skip ahead for a moment to fill you in on Super Tuesday number three, just last night, or tonight for me recording this, uh, event, uh, primary and caucus results. Um, Trump won everything, pretty much, except the one state John Kasich, former governor of Ohio, needed to win, his own state of Ohio. And yes, he won that by about nine or 10 percentage points. That was great, because for a while Trump was leading, and at least Kasich won his own state, so he's staying in. He's a very conservative man with some very, very right-wing principles I don't agree with, but he at least seems like a nice man, a normal human, somebody you can disagree with on the merits of their positions and not because they're a raging fucking asshole that is sort of a dictator in training, like like a dictator tat of sorts. Um, and uh, he's not a fascist. So Kasich, not a fascist, still in the race. Cruz, nose looks like a penis. It's been pointed out by others. I don't disagree with that. Very awkward, nods his head too much. Religiously fervent, always nodding and speaking about the Lord. And it's fine in your private life. But remember the whole separation of church and state and not wanting to make us think you're trying to convert us to cruisism every time you speak. Um, but he's still in. And tonight, Marco Rubio dropped out. I don't know why I said it like that. Dropped out. Marco Rubio dropped out. Uh... He was feisty. He had a week when he dripped drip down. It's not even dipped. He dripped down to Trump's level. He can't actually dip down because Rubio's a very short man himself, tiny little man, and he wears uh, platform shoes, as Trump always called him, Little Marco. And then Rubio hit him with the great, you have small hands. And you know what small hands means? That you've got a small something else. And then Trump chose to, in the debate, in a presidential debate, with ch with ch children watching and chids watching, whatever chids are. He says, and also he implied that something else is small. Let me just say, there's no problems in that area, okay? Never heard a complaint, okay? First of all, girls don't ever complain about a penis size. I mean, I wouldn't know, okay? Because I've never heard complaints either. But they don't complain. They're just going to completely not say anything, okay? Um. So you're basically just saying, I have an average-sized penis. That's what he said. He said he has an average-sized penis, on a national political president, how presidential, broham, Joseph Stalin, way to fucking elevate the discourse. So Ohio was thankfully taken by Kasich, so he's still alive, and he's stopping Trump's what seemed to be maybe inevitable march towards the number of delegates needed. But Rubio got murdered in Florida, where a lot of murders happen, and as you can always count on Florida to let our nation down, he did it again. And gave the state to Trump by like a shitload. Like Rubio lost it by like 20% in his own state. So he suspended his campaign and he's out. Um, and then Hillary on the Democratic side won all the states tonight. It looks like Missouri's still up in the air, sort of, but it looks like it's tipping to Hillary. And Bernie won nothing. So that's unfortunate. You know, that's unfortunate because I, I'm a Bernie supporter. That has cemented my head over these last few months. He seems to be one of the most honest and pure politicians that I've seen in my lifetime. Nobody has a negative word to say about the guy. He's totally honest and and uh, wants America to stand up 
Don't you understand? We're going to stand up and enough is enough of the special interests and the top 1% getting 80% of the, of, of, of the value of the new of the income. And the bottom 60, but you can't follow the math with this guy. The bottom 60% get 2% when the top 1% get and the half a percent get 90%. You need, honestly, like you, you hope that he nominates an Asian vice president just for the math, just for mathematical reasons. His campaign slogan is Bernie Sanders carry the one. That's not an inspiring campaign slogan. Okay. It's not, but he had a bad night and it's looking a lot harder for him now to get the, the delegates needed. The Republicans are heading towards probably a contested convention. Who knows who'll end up the nominee at the end of that. I pray God it is not Trump. But Bernie's prospects, I've, I've been donating, I've been tweeting. I'm hoping he can figure out a way. I don't know what the movie is. I like Hillary Clinton. I don't have a huge problem with Hillary Clinton, but she has a lot of legal problems. If Trump's nominee, he's going to crush her about scandals every single day, and he might become president of these United States. Donald Jerkoff Trump. I think that's what the J stands for. I'm not positive. Donald Joker Trump. We should call him Donnie, I believe, from now on. Little Donnie, tiny-handed Donnie, is gonna has a good chance to crush Hillary, and Bernie does better against him, and is the only one that wants to make change, progressive change for to try to undo some of the entrenched structures that are seriously fucked up in our political system. Wants to get the money out of politics, which I think is the number one most important thing to do, is to get the money out of politics, because you can't have a system with leaders who you can hold to account if that system is entrenched by moneyed interests. You just can't. It was the one theme that was emerging from Occupy Wall Street movement, and it fizzled. They never focused and coalesced around one idea, and sadly, uh, that went away. But Bernie could have been that leader, and maybe he still can. Perhaps there's a way to turn it around. The only one good thing, at least, is that even if Bernie does not win the nomination— does not become president, he has moved Hillary's campaign far, far to the left, far more towards progressive causes. She essentially stole all of his talking points, many of his ideas, and now has been promising those and speaking passionately because she wants to become president so fucking bad that she's been speaking passionately about the things Bernie Sanders speaks more passionately about, and maybe she will indeed hold that through the office where we can hold her to account to some degree, even though once they're in office, they can do whatever the fuck they want. We all know that. We all know that. Nothing much we can do once they're in. But maybe it'll, it'll, it'll push it some percentage point towards more progressive things, and I think that would be nice. Again, I'm not a political party. I never have been. If any party, other issues that I see on the right that I agree with and on the left that I agree with and in the middle that I agree with. But I think the goal has to be to meet in the middle. But it doesn't negate common sense. That doesn't mean that there's not common sense that we can find on an issue where all of our brains say, yeah, that makes sense to me. Like, I am all for the Second Amendment as a quick trans, 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 as a quick sand, sand tangent. I haven't done a podcast in a while, okay, guys? I've forgotten how to speak, okay? Um, I believe fervently in gun rights. I think we should be allowed to own guns. I think nobody should restrict our ability to own guns. I even don't have an issue with high-capacity magazines because I think either, I think we need to be consistent in what we say. So either change the Constitution where it says that we 
have the right to have a well-armed citizen militia. Or if you don't, then don't complain when we want to have high magazines. But I think we should also all be able to agree that we should have background checks 100% of the time to make sure crazy fucking people, mentally ill people, people on terrorist watch lists, etc., do not get access to guns. Isn't that a common ground we can agree on? Obviously. And literally our leaders cannot even stand up to the NRA to that degree to say, can we at least just make sure psychos are not getting guns? It's not even good for the NRA when psychos get guns and do mass shootings because it makes people want to be more restrictive about guns, makes people recoil at the concept of guns. The NRA should be for background checks on everybody. Gun show loopholes? Yes, we must check everybody. Unless you go to a Go to a show. Then fuck it. You can just take a gun home. Why the fuck not? There's also laws that do not, um, if a background check doesn't get finished in within three days, they just give the guy the gun anyway. Oh, well, that's a good system. Oh, my only solace in all of this has been seeing Eugene Robinson, contributor on NBC and MSNBC, because I meet the press all the time, um, and his um, a voice that sounds exactly like this. So, so basically, I don't, I don't think we all know what's going to happen because Donald Trump is a wild card, and so uh, I sound like a muppet, and I can't believe that other people speaking with him don't laugh out loud when they uh, hear his voice, or, or at least uh, look for the puppeteer with a hand up his bottom because. Um, and I hope if any of you who know Eugene Robinson, you'll hopefully appreciate this moment. And for the rest of you, don't worry, I will move on, okay? I see a sip of water because that's painful to the vocal cords. I'm getting a little chilly in here, but that's my own problem. So, to win now, Trump will need to claim 57% of the remaining delegates. And the odds of a contested convention, like was once highly improbable, are now very, very high. Um... And keep in mind, Trump won all of these states just days, just days after violence broke out at several of his rallies. He is the Teflon Don. He's the Teflon Donald Trump. Nothing sticks to this man. It's unbelievable. More on that later as well. I mean, during the last... Oh, and one just general programming note for the podcast I just remembered I'd like to say, too, is... Fortunately, and thank God, after so many years of, you know, slogging it out in this crazy business, trying to get things going, I'm so fortunate that I finally have things going and third season of my show about to come out and other things I'm working on and developing. So I don't have tons of time still, but I just literally felt that I couldn't leave the brain trust without these podcasts and without a conversation between us trying to figure out what to make of this craziness during the most insane presidential campaign that I've ever seen. So I had to bring it back. I had no choice. I was always going to bring it back at some point, but this was the time. I couldn't wait any longer. But just please know that the podcast, I will try to make them shorter. They're not going to be every single thing that happened during the last week on Earth anymore. They're going to be just the things I'd most likely, I'd most like to focus on. They'll be largely political with some fun other stuff peppered in, of course. Um, but also just during the last debate, while we're still on politics, Republican frontrunner Donald Trump, can't believe that's a phrase, and Senator Marco Rubio, the short little Marco who's now not a candidate anymore, sparred over their views on Islam, um, with Trump doubling down, as the Daily Beast reported, on his comments that Muslims hate Americans. Not 
Islamic extremists, but all Muslims hate Americans. He didn't even back it up, back off that statement when he had the chance to, adding he wasn't concerned with being politically correct. And Rubio had a great response that said, I'm not interested in being politically correct. I'm interested in being correct. Reminding him that there are many patriotic Muslims. There are Muslims buried in Arlington National Cemetery who have served our country nobly or are serving our country right now in war zones. Um, and then Cruz had one of his few funny lines where he says, the answer to these issues are not so simple. The answer is not to simply yell, China bad, Muslim bad. Which <laughs> is very funny. Uh, Cruz could use more of that. Here's a riddle. How do you stop violence in America? You elect a president. Can't believe that's even a thing I can say. But you got to hear what the 78-year-old man who punched a dude at Trump's rally in Chicago on Saturday said. He was caught on tape sucker punching a black protester, or on Wednesday night, rather, said, next time we may have to kill him. Inside Edition tracked down this man, John McGraw, 78 years old, punched a young man, charged with assault and battery for the incident, was boastful, said, quote, you bet I liked it, knocking the hell out of that big mouth. He punched a man named Rakim Jones, asked why he threw the punch. He said, quote, we don't know if he's ISIS. Oh, well, there's an educated political opinion. We don't know if he's ISIS. We don't know if you're ISIS, motherfucker. Maybe that's your covers, punching people you want to claim are ISIS. We don't know who he is, but we know he's not acting like an American cussing me. Uh, pardon me. So America, the country is founded upon the principle of free speech. He's not allowed to cuss at you, but you are acting like an American by punching the man when he did not do any physical threat or harm towards you? I think there's simple logical flaws in like all of Trump supporters that I can't understand. And look, allow, and he said, next time we see him, we might have to kill him. We don't know who he is. He might be with a terrorist. I mean, that's incredibly dumb on 18 levels. But the grander point that I understand about the Trump phenomenon, and I'm not trying to say Trump has no redeeming qualities. Not the grander point, but a point I have not yet made, rather, is that I understand the appeal of Donald Trump. I totally get it. Um, he has some qualities that I admire. I do like very much that he's not politically correct. I do agree with him that we have too much political correctness in politics, and that leads to politicians talking around every issue and not ever giving you a straight answer. And I do agree that some issues need to be handled more bluntly and without so much concern for not offending when there are major issues and violence being threatened towards us. That stuff, I agree with him. But why did this, and I love that he's calling out the other politicians on taking his money and on being being bought by him, being bought by any lobbied, any lobby and any moneyed interest that want that wants to donate to their campaigns and how corrupt the system is. I love that he calls that out. But why did that have to come in a guy that also himself is racist and hateful and violent? Because um, you got all those same good qualities I just mentioned in Bernie Sanders. He's angry. He's not very politically correct. He's a crabby old man, much like Trump. Worse hair, I'll grant you that. Trump's got an amazing head of hair, golden locks. I'm like Goldilocks, basically. Okay? People say I'm like Goldilocks. Like I sit down for, for porridge, it's always the right temperature. Okay? And uh, so I see the appeal. Don't get me wrong. 
but he just seems, I feel like he's almost trying to sabotage his own campaign by just never saying the thing you have to say to tamp down even violent situations. What did Trump have to say about this man punching a man at his rally? As the Daily Beast continued to report, he told an audience Friday morning that it was very, very appropriate for supporters to punch this black protester. That's what we need a little bit more of, Trump said. Of fans hitting people at his campaign events. The guy was not charged, the guy did not instigate the violence and got sucker punched for no reason. But Trump says, this little Donnie says, this guy who has not even been allowed to do what he did, and frankly, if you want to know the truth, the police were very, very restrained. You're saying the police should have kicked an innocent man's ass as well? So then during Thursday's debate, Jake Tapper from CNN asked Trump about it, and then Trump says, I certainly do not condone that at all, Jake. Here's where the media is failing, at holding even words to account, not even actions, but someone's direct quoted words. You don't allow someone to say, I don't condone that at all, Jake, without the obvious follow-up. You just condoned it very much with the words, that's what we need a little bit more of. Why are they not following up with those questions? One of two options. Ratings or incompetence. That's the only possible two. Ariana Grande! Adorable, right? Like the most adorable little thing. Always been a fan. Thought she was very cute. Good little singer. And I just saw her on SNL over the weekend. And she it does these brilliant singing impressions. Did an impression of uh, Jennifer Lawrence, a speaking impression that was spot on, and no one do a Jennifer Lawrence. Did a hilarious Celine Dion. Are we going to do this? I'm much more of a fan. And uh, I Googled right before the podcast began how old she was, and I'm illegally allowed to say this. So if you... Uh, End up getting single there, boo. Give me, give me a call, boo. I, have, I don't know current songs. Not many of them. I do know one that was an interesting confluence of Beglebers and Beliebers that I will talk about a little bit later as well. Um, but general point being, um, fuck, man. You know, that's the general point. Um, Trump even himself, to go back to Trump. I'm just going to, I'm going to talk a lot about Donald Trump, okay? Okay? I demand a lot of media attention. There's too much to talk about. And he's a perfect mix of showbiz and politics. So it's kind of like I'm covering both at once. Um, He just won all these states in Super Tuesday, number three, clunkily titled by CNN. Um, After his opponents took out almost record-setting multi-multi-millions of dollars of attack ads against him, and as Trump said in his victory speech tonight in Florida from his golden-rimmed hotel, they took out millions of dollars of attack ads against me, and somehow my numbers went up. I don't understand it. No one does, Donnie. No one does. Trump's spokeswoman this week, Katrina Pearson, even tried a, a very clever, very ballsy uh, mode of of turning the the uh, the tables around on many of Trump's sexist comments, saying it was just a TV character. The Daily Beast reported that while many of his past sexist remarks were, of course, on the record, they were made as a television character, I guess like on The Apprentice or something, and thereby, or, on, or on WWE Wrestling, where he was an actual character in WWE Wrestling, 
and are thereby invalid as an argument against his candidacy, his national spokesperson said. After Fox News host Martha McCallum asked about a new anti-Trump super PAC ad rattling off his chauvinistic quotes about various women, quote from Katrina Pearson, a lot of those statements is what Mr. Trump made as a television character, so I don't think that some of that is going to stick. Everyone knows who Mr. Trump is. That's why they're having a very hard time spending hundreds of millions of dollars trying to redefine who Mr. Trump is. First of all, she's not even buying her own argument by saying, so I don't think that some of that is going to stick. She's saying, Look, I, I don't think, I'm not sure, some of it might, a lot of it will stick, but some of it I don't think maybe won't stick. I mean, they're really reaching, bro. They are really reaching. Fifth Indiana Jones movie is coming. Slowly, but it's coming at us. Walt Disney reports. A fifth installment in the Indiana Jones trilogy, which is now a, 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 a fifth will arrive in theaters July 19th. What year? 2019. I mean, for real, though. Do we even need to know this now? Isn't that... How old is Harrison Ford going to be then? It will feature Harrison Ford reprising his role as the elderly Indiana Jones. Steven Spielberg will be directing again, which is cool, but, I mean, he could barely, he was good in the new Star Wars, but like barely, wasn't doing a ton of running. Indiana Jones is all running. The project remains as yet untitled. I'm guessing it'll be Indiana Jones and the Walker of Doom. The crystal meth, the crystal meth that I need to even shoot these scenes. I, it'll be some, it'll be called something that I know for sure. President Barack Obama cracked a joke about Republican Senator Ted Cruz's eligibility to be president on Thursday during a state dinner for young heartthrob, brand new Canadian Prime Minister Justin Bieber, kidding Trudeau. Just minutes before the CNN Republican presidential primary debate was set to begin, as the Daily Beast reported, Obama poked fun at the Texas senator over whether he's eligible to run since he was born in Canada, saying, and I quote, Canada is a great country. After all, where else could a boy born in Calgary grow up to run for president of the United States? And yes, Trump has mentioned that Ted Cruz is not born in America, but definitely didn't make near the stink about it that he did over President Obama not being born in America. Difference being, Obama was born in America, and Cruz was not born in America. Small, small difference, but, but noteworthy, I would say. North Korea launches more nuclear tests, Reuters reports. Kim Jong-un is still doing crazy shit. Obviously, that wasn't going to change. Kim Jong-un ordered North Korea's military to conduct more nuke tests. The state-run news agency reported Friday it can be assumed under duress. The order reportedly came after Kim watched a ballistic missile launch test. They did not say when the test took place, but it was likely referring to Pyongyang's launch of two short-range missiles into the sea on Thursday. Sounds like premature ejaculation, if you ask me. And no one did. Kim was quoted this week saying his country had miniaturized two nuclear warheads. <laughs> did they? Did they get small warheads? To mount on ballistic missiles. My little ones. Baby Kim, huh? Come on, little Kim. Tensions have escalated since the North carried out its fourth nuclear test in January and fired a long-range rocket. Ooh, they had, they had a long-range one? in February, prompting the UN Security Council to impose strict sanctions on the Hermit Kingdom, which should be the name of a Wes Anderson movie. It's not, but it would be a great one. Everything's centered in the middle of the frame, Bill Murray, Bill, Bill, Bill Murray wearing a knit cap. That'd be nice. The UN can put all the sanctions they want. It doesn't often do much. 
they do good work. They're they're peacekeeping missions or humanitarian missions, but they're 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 telling nations what to do and not to do. It does not seem to work very well. The CEO and COO of Wounded Warriors have been fired. According to Daily Beast, the Wounded Warriors Project Board of Directors fired the charity's chief executive officer and chief operating officer Thursday following years of scandal and suspect management. Apparently, um, Chief Executive Officer Stephen Nardizzi sounds shady right off the bat, and COO Al Giordano, what is this, the mafia running this, this charity for our wounded veterans, um, were fired because while the charity raised $340 million in 2014, making it one of the largest veterans charities in America, its TV commercials everywhere and product plays are making it a household name. Apparently, many Americans donate, thinking that most of their contributions were going towards helping veterans. Instead, less than 60% of the charity's funds went directly to veterans' programs, when most top-rated charities routinely spend more than 90% on their programming. While Nardizi collected an annual salary of more than $470,000. Well, you're in it for the right reasons there, buddy. Loads more were spent on staff. They spent some $250,000 a year on snacks, candy, and soda. Um, my God, they even would send chain emails, chain emails joking around about if the employees were gaining weight thanks to all the junk food. Just at one event in Jacksonville, Florida spent $46,000 on snacks. Um, and they would do bi-weekly fun outings for the employees, including scavenger hunts, walking tours, escape rooms, costume contests, go-karting, and laughter yoga. I don't know what laughter yoga is, but I can assume it's the only kind I would be able to do. Um, the Wounded Warrior Project has also been criticized for programs that don't meet the needs of veterans, holding events that don't address the core challenges that come with leaving military service. Oh, you mean like the whole purpose of your organization? What? In Minnesota this week, apparently, a, a quote from the organization said, family members will enjoy a haircut and relaxation-based spa service of their choice. In Colorado Springs, they'll enjoy a meal during the game that they provided for them and have time afterwards for laser tag. Pretty sure people that are, are scarred from battle don't want to play laser tag, probably. May bring back bad memories. I just don't understand why is it so hard for us to take care of our veterans in this country. Literally, the people that both sides of the aisle, both sides of the political spectrum agree are our heroes, are the exact reason why we are are able to maintain our great nation, our first line of defense. They put their lives on the line for us. They come back injured, and we don't do everything we can. That's one of the areas Obama's really failed. He promised to take care of the veterans, and he did not do that. Lines of the VA, VA still having huge problems. Um, it's one of the disappointments, I, I would say, of his presidency. That, oh, and a lot, and certain parts of his foreign policy that do definitely come off a bit, a bit wishy-washy. Um, other than that, great domestically. Pretty great domestically. Pentagon confirms ISIS leader's death, the Guardian reports. The Pentagon on Monday confirmed the death of a top ISIS leader known as Omar the Chechen al-Shishani in the U.S.-led coalition airstrike in northeastern Syria. Uh, that's good news. Not that death is often good news, but in this case it is. Asshole dude, part of the worst terrorist organization to exist in my lifetime. And we we... Killed him, one of their top leaders. Navy Captain Jeff Davis, a Pentagon spokesperson, told the Associated Foreign Press, we believe he subsequently died of his injuries. 
The confirmation comes after the monitoring group, the Syrian Observatory of Human Rights, said that Shoshani had been clinically dead for several days. Of course, when you're clinically dead, you're partly alive. Um, on that Princess Bride reference, we are going to, for this week, skip Twitter answers only because it's been so long I totally forgot that I have to tweet that out. But also, I won't always do Twitter answers. I will definitely do it sometimes, but I won't always do it in the new shorter podcast world just because I want to be able to do them on the on the go. I want to be able to do the podcast when I just have things to say and get them out there and not miss them, not miss weeks. So they won't always be every single element you've come to be used to. But they will be there. Next week I'll have Twitter answers, okay? Don't worry. Um, and oh, the one last thing I want to tell you before we go into the Thunder Round is, as you know, there's been a long-standing feud between the Beagliebers and the Beliebers. And um, hashtag Beagliebers slowly gaining, very slowly. Um, but a little bit less slowly, thanks to the head Belieber himself, Justin Bieber. Um, crazily, during this long hiatus, I, and I'm ashamed to say it, I'm frightened to say it, but I've become a fan of Justin Bieber. Um, first of all, he stopped acting like an asshole all the time, which is nice. But just his music, you know, we excuse mu a a asshole behavior from musicians all the time if they're good. And Bieber's become good. His new album, I can't get enough of it. In particular, I love the song Sorry, but in particular, the song... Love yourself. I can't stop listening to it. I love it so much. And look, we all got to grow up. Bieber does, and I have to too. And it's good to make amends with your enemies. And maybe the, the us overtaking the Beliebers is going to happen by us in some way joining forces. I've been posting videos of me singing it, and it all started. I love the song. I just love it. It all started when I just couldn't stop listening to the song on repeat. When he played it, I stumbled upon it at the Grammys when he played it there. I didn't like seek out a Justin Bieber song. And I fell in love with the song. And I tweeted, half complimenting, half mockingly, I tweeted, I never thought I would say this about a Justin Bieber song, but I can't stop listening to Love Yourself. What is happening to me? I even threw in three question marks. Justin Bieber retweeted it. Well, it has now been about five weeks since then, and the tweet has been retweeted about 25,000 times, favorited about 40,000 times, it's gotten me about six or seven hundred new followers alone. So literally, there is some degree of convergence of the Beagliebers and the Beliebers. And I've gotten a wide range, and still to this day, I'm getting tweets at me from Justin Bieber people. Wide range of people's opinions. People saying things like, you finally learned the truth, you finally developed a taste in music, or you're, you, you suck faggot, I've gotten a couple of those. Um... So a wide range of emotions surrounding Justin Bieber, but I'm on board, um, and uh, maybe soon you will be too. Give it a shot. Um, just give it a shot. Before Thunder Round, um, I would like to just give a few announcements to the B Gleebers, the, the Friends with Benefits, the Glebe Squad, the Glebe of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the Glebe Club members in all of us, the, uh, I forgot the other ones, I'll have to, I'll remember, I think I got most of them there, didn't I? The Brain Trust, man. It's good to be back. Um, season three of my TV show, the thing that's been the most fun for me to do over the last two years, I've always wanted to have my own show. I've said it before on the podcast. It's a big hit show on GSN. It's the most watched original on the entire network. I just went to Upfronts in New York to announce season three a few days ago. April 12th, it debuts in a new time slot, Tuesdays at 10 o'clock. We had our most watched season to date. 31 million people have watched the show in total so far. Unique viewers. Um... This coming season is our best yet by far. 
I'm an executive producer on the show now, which is very exciting because I have more say in the creative. I'm involved in the creation of every single test on the show now. I, I've, I have been since season two, but I write a lot of the tests from scratch. Not not many of them, not most, but I write many. I write I wrote a good chunk from scratch, some out of the box tests. I'm involved in every one. Um, trying working with our t- brilliant team of graphics producers and test creators and other executive producers to debate the tests out and make sure that there's only one logical answer to each one because I have to go out there and make fun of people. That's a responsibility. So I want to make sure that I believe wholeheartedly in every test so I can do that with my whole heart and soul and humor. So this season, not only is it like gr- even better tests, different kinds of tests, but almost every episode is a themed episode. We did themed or rivalries. We have ballet dancers versus burlesque dancers. Believe it or not, we have an all-nude episode. Literally an all-nude episode of Idiot Test. Um, I'm even pretty much nude in, in much of the episodes, so t- tune into that whenever that comes out. Our premiere episode is a celebrity episode, of which we have five of them, but this one has Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood of Loveline going against YouTube stars Glozell and Gabby Dunn. We have my friends Jade Catapreta and Sarah Tiana, and we have a Chelsea Lately Reunion episode with Josh Wolf and Fortune Feimster and Sarah Colonna on the episode. We have an episode that takes place in the 70s, where I play a 70s... The whole show takes place in the 70s. I play a 70s game show host named Gene Gleeburn, big sideburns, mustache, complete character. For the whole episode, we have a scary episode that will actually freak you out, I hope. Um, a lot of different cool themes coming at you. Three kids episodes, students versus teachers, a lot of cool stuff on GSN Game Show Network. Two back-to-back episodes every week, Tuesdays at 10. And the announcement I teased earlier, I've also been asked to executive produce and create for the network and host a political special for GSN, their first ever, called Political Idiot Test. It is a spin-off, totally new format based on our tests, but different set, different vibe, different story, much, much more comedic and much more conversational. It's going to be a political discussion that we get into through these 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 uh, brain puzzles. And we're shooting it the day we air it on April 20th on GSN. So that's super exciting. And I tease the tease and I'll tease it again now. I have a very big announcement for my stand-up coming. Stand-up coming? Stand-up, I can't even say it. That's how big it is. For my stand-up comedy coming at you soon. Um... Very excited. Can't say it yet, but I think you'll be excited for me when you hear it. Hopefully you'll get to enjoy it as well. Um, some upcoming dates. I'll be in Captain Brian's Off the Hook Comedy Club in Naples, Florida, March 31st to April 3rd. Get tickets now at offthehookcomedy.com. I'll be at the La Jolla Comedy Store in San Diego, April 29th and 30th. In Edmonton at Rick Bronson's Comic Strip, May 5 through 8. Tickets at thecomicstrip.ca. In Vancouver, also in Canada, at the Comedy Mix, May 12 to 14. In Minneapolis, at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy, June 2 to 5. I think it's houseofcomedy.net, June 2 to 5. San Antonio, Texas, my first time performing in Texas in a very long time at the Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club, my first time there, June 23 to 26. My first time performing in Chicago at the famed Zanies Comedy Club, August 24th through 27th. Go to their website and buy tickets now if you'd like. And a plug not having to do with me really at all, but... The Carmichael Show on NBC is my favorite new sitcom. I think it's the best sitcom in a decade or two. It's like all in the family. They take on current issues like Bill Cosby and Black Lives Matter and guns, all in a sitcom, and it's hilarious. 
My my friend Tiffany Haddish is on it. I'm buddies with Gerard Carmichael. I think David Alan Greer should win an Emmy for it. He's so funny as the father. So check it out. Um, and uh, on that note, um, we're going to bring you out with, you guessed it, since you cannot hear lightning. And this is a podcast. It's time for the Thunder Round. It's the Thunder Round, everybody. Guy took his socks off with a rocket launcher. Uh, this is just a, a video, gif, giffy video I saw on the internet. Uh, whatever you think about gun control, you'll all agree we have to allow this, right? Just on the off chance this moron will blow his feet off as well. I wish him the best, but a man sat on the back of a pickup truck with a rocket launcher, I guess with some kind of wires or strings attached to the rocket that was in the launcher attached to his socks. And as he launched it, it ripped the socks off of his feet. And the guy's a total, total doof moron, like, like a, like a, like a dumb, dumb, bobby, bomb, bomb, bomb. So he's, he survived, unfortunately. I don't want him to not survive. But it would have been funny if he got, like, great sock burn. You know what I mean? Something. I want, I'm happy he survived. Let me make that clear. Trump penises appearing everywhere. Huffington Post supports. A group of hilarious protesters in Florida called the Church of Satanic Activism has been using a Donald Trump penis costume, or costume to troll Trump at various events since last week's debate in Miami. <laughs> Since he spoke about his penis. First of all, how fucked up do you have to be of a candidate that a church called the Church of Satanic Activism is too, is, is more normal than you and they think you're too extreme? That's pretty unbelievable. Um, it's pretty amazing. And, uh, their mission is to protect and promote freedom of speech and religion and separation of church and state. All things I agree with. And the costume is a dickish tribute again to Trump's penis. And they've been dressing church members as six foot tall penises with Trump's head and going to, to Trump events and going to, uh, primary locations <laughs> dressed like Donald Trump's penis. It's, uh, pretty great. I, I admire the comedy of that. Um, pole dancing going underwater. HuffPo reports a Los Angeles based photographer is taking pole dancing out of the strip clubs and into a swimming pool. Brett Stanley Forty enjoys taking photos of pole dancers performing underwater. He says it's a way to show the activity as a beautiful sport, not just an erotic performance. I say it's a way for him to get strippers in his pool. That's my take on it. Um, I don't know how them, because it's already, if you, it's not a sport, pole dancing, but if it were close to a sport, it would only be a sport in, like, on land, above ground where they can spin with some kind of velocity and their body weight is what makes it an interestingly athletic activity. Take it underwater, they're weightless. They can only stay under there for about a minute because they have to hold their, their damn breath under there. They can't even do spins. You're really now just looking at a woman who is scantily clad. The pole is sort of arbitrary. Maybe she's like slow swimming around it while kind of holding it as a gesture for a photograph. But basically, you're just trying to get girls in your pool. And we know that. And I look, I, I, I have a pool now. I respect it. I respect that decision. I'm just saying, call a spade a spade, my friend. Okay? And also call your, un also, how do you get a, a pole underwater? I'd like to hit me up on Twitter. Let me know how you do that. Speaking of, follow me on Twitter at Ben Glebe. I'm also on Snapchat, y'all. I bit the bullet. I'm addicted to it every day. I'm Snapchatting my life. Funny videos, weird things. 
at Ben Glebe on Snapchat, and of course, Instagramming and Facebooking, as always. I'm not on Periscope as much these days. Had to give something up. And our last story for this last week on Earth, man makes business suit for a horse. Of course. Of course. Lambeau in England, United Kingdom, Reuters reports, veteran racehorse Morstead up the style stakes for this year's Chetlinham Festival by modeling the world's first Harris Tweed suit designed for a fucking horse. Complete with a flat cap and tie, of course, Morstead wore the three-piece suit alongside champion jockey A.P. McCoy. Like, to make it sound like this horse is wearing it voluntarily. They put a fucking suit on a horse. I mean, it looks hilarious, but... <laughs> See, these people got a lot of time on their hands. Maybe they should start podcasting because they got time on their damn hands. Of course, Britain's Cheltenham Festival is a horse-raising event held each year in the western English country of Gloucestershire, which kicks off today. So look out for that. In the meantime, until last week, next week, this has been Last Week on Earth. And please forgive me, but you'll like this song. For all the times that you rain on my parade And all the clubs you get in using my name You think you broke my heart, oh girl, for goodness sake You think I'm crying on my own, well I ain't And I didn't want to write a song Cause I didn't want anyone thinking I still care or don't But you still hit my phone up and baby, I'll be moving on And I think it should be something I don't wanna hold back Maybe you should know that My mama don't like you And she likes everyone And I never like to admit that I was wrong And I've been so caught up in my job Didn't see what's going on But now I know I'm better sleeping on my own Cause if you like the way you look that much Oh baby, you should go and love yourself And if you think that I'm still holding on to something You should go and love yourself This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com. <laughs>